this is Season 5 of The Score, the Teen Roping Journal's podcast where we cover the roping industry from top to bottom. This is where the teen roping world talks. We talk through tough subjects, we talk big wins, and we talk real issues affecting the community. I'm your host and editor of the Teen Roping Journal, Chelsea Schaefer. Welcome to today's episode of The Score, brought to you by the Royal Crown. On today's show, we have NFR healer Matt Zanganella and his business partner, South Dakota horse trainer Levi O'Keefe. In 2021, they launched the Royal Crown Rope Horse Incentive Program that coincided with their already very successful Royal Crown Barrel Racing Stallion Incentive. Just last week, that roping stallion incentive filled at 100 stallions, and at the same time, they produced an event that paid out hundreds of thousands of dollars in Buckeye, Arizona. All right, I want to tell you a little bit more about the Royal Crown before we get started. It brings together stallion owners that create a program to add value to rope horses and prospects and pays ropers big returns. The Royal Crown paid out more than $285,000 in its first year, and of that, $35,949 went to stallion owners, with another $35,949 going to breeders, and the rest of the owners and riders just did that 2021 Rock Springs event. The Royal Crown offered $70,000 in added money at the American Rope Horse Futurity Association events throughout the year, just as added incentive money at those events that were already happening on top of those events added money. So this year's main Royal Crown event is going to be August 9th to 14th in Rock Springs, with a Heading and Healing Futurity, a Heading and Healing Derby and Maturity, as well as a Breakaway Roping Futurity and an Open Futurity for horses that are not Royal Crown eligible. I mean, you can show Royal Crown horses in the Open as well, but any horse can go with the Open Futurity. So they're going to release payout details in the coming months, but you can bet with these incentives being completely full, that all that money is going into these futurities. So it's going to be a lot of added money at these cool events. The Royal Crown season kicked off in Buckeye, Arizona on February 13th. They had big money added for the 4-year-olds, for the 5- and 6-year-olds, and for the 7- 8-year-olds, as well as the open horses and the calf horses and the breakaway horses. They're going to produce an event May 6th through the 9th in Waco, Texas. Those details are forthcoming at royalcrownrace.com. All right, so without further ado, I'm going to let you listen to Matt Zanganella and Levi O'Keefe tell us more about this program. Hey, everybody. We are here with Matt Zanganella and Levi O'Keefe of the Royal Crown. And today, I really want to talk to you guys about the whole program, how it started, and how it's serving ropers. So, welcome. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you, Chelsea. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks, Matt. Um, now, tell me... Give, go back to the very beginning. How did the Royal Crown come about, and what was the reason? And how did you two become partners on it? Well, how the Royal Crown came about is I did three courses for 10 years prior to this, and we had us about 20 groupers, 20, 25 groupers, and I had my stallion and a lot of different stallion incentives, and I was having to pay $250 to keep them eligible for the for these incentives. So I was, you know, every year on average paying sixty five hundred, seventy five hundred dollars a year for my colds to be eligible for different incentives and my amount of payback on what I had spent, which we got we didn't win a lot but we won some, you know, with our colts and it just didn't feel like we that I was 
getting much back for what I was investing. And I, I see a lot of these different incentive programs where the, I feel like the, they, there's no way to tell how many Colts have been nominated into those programs. So there's really no way to tell how much money these incentives are taking in. And I just figured if I was, you know, a guy sitting in 20 head of Colts a year with $250, she can she works so hard she's she's awesome to work with for sure and Levi what did you think when Matt came to you with this idea I didn't when he first told me about it we were driving to a rodeo and um I thought it was a I thought it was a really cool idea at first and when I told Lindsay I got home and I told Lindsay about it um she wasn't totally about it the first time and then I explained to her you know if we could we could make some money out of it she could have a full time job at home so that's what she always wanted is like we kind of got on board she wanted to have a job where she could work from home with all the kids and stuff mm-hmm. so we kind of got into it from there and yeah when honestly when we started I didn't think it would take off this fast I remember when we talked about it when we first came out with it we were hoping it would fill after three or four years, not two. Yeah. So so it really took off. And then when it started taking off, she got really excited about it. She really worked at it more. She she does everything with it. She knows where everything's at, where every piece of paper is, everything. Yeah. And, and can you guys talk a little bit more about your model and what makes it so different from the other, uh, the other incentive programs? Because... You make your money on the events, essentially. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. The only money that we spend is 8% out of travel money for marketing and for payment. So we've got an extra marketing budget. And a lot of our marketing we feel like when we're doing side pods and different events, um, we feel like that's as good a marketing tool. 
market. So the marketing dollars that we take out go right back to the program officially as we put side pots out there trying to you know, get people thinking about the program. That's what we really did when we started. We took a gamble and we put side pots in at the American Health Force Facility, the one that built the commercial building. We've done a lot of things with them, and that's really helped you know because we've got a new following in Go Force and Terry And when did you realize it was going to, like, I, I feel like in the last couple months it's it's taken off so much. When did you realize it was going to fill, and what does it being full mean now for the roping industry and for your business? I guess, go ahead, you go ahead, you might use your. I, I guess I kind of thought it was going to get, you know, after Rock Springs last year, we had a lot of a lot of calls on the rope side of it, and um, at Rock Springs last year, I guess we kind of knew the barrel racing was going to be full for this year. We had a lot of a lot more people buying, a lot more calls, a lot more, I guess, good feedback from the public about it, the barrel racing side of it, and the rope side of it. I didn't honestly know if it was going to fill this year until about I don't know. December ish, kind of right after the NFR. Mm-hmm. Lindsay, every day she would she would tell me she said we got four more studs today, three today, and like for for a month straight we got at least three every day, and that's when I knew after about two weeks into that I knew it was gonna fill because people just I mean it was amazing the amount of calls we get seven phone calls a day from a stud owner and three of them would send money that day. Mm-hmm. That's why I kind of knew it was going to take the rope and was going to finally take off. Well, and, and me, I think that, that it has to do with the guys that were behind us. You know, the guys like Trevor, Ed, Rashard, Dakota, Curtis Slaughter, Kay Curtis Slaughter. They liked what they saw, you know, Cole Davis. And we just have a lot of a lot of guys, that, I guess, that are in the business. That's what they do. They, they train real forces and they start talking about it, you know, and telling these owners about, you know, wanting to get the old crown horses because that was going to be a, the big maturities. And, and just get the buzz where they were talking about it instead of us out there talking about it. They were talking about it. And I think that really helped. Have those influential people in the industry help to get the word out there for us that, that this is the program to look at and, and better hear that they're going to put on the next show and they try to nuts off. And I, I think that's yeah yeah it seemed like it and they came you know they they haven't missed one you know trevor came but without even knowing what it was going to be like he came to rock springs and and same with ren they they all kind of had faith from the get-go which was nice well, I was just saying i wrote you you know trevor and all those guys and i knew them so i can call them you know, tell them ideas, and I think that helped a lot too. You know, and get feedback from them on what they thought I, the events I need to do, and it being maybe I need to do. So they, they've been influential in, in how we've done it too, you know, because we take the books from all of them. Yeah. We've all had great ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with this year, what are some of the things that that you learned at Buckeye that you want to then change for Waco, that you want to do for Rock Springs? What has the learning curve been? I'm putting on these robings. Oh, I, I think the learning curve. I mean, every event we do, we come up with a new idea. I mean, I think in Waco, we're going to try to introduce and run our limited and intermediate by itself. We're not going to run it 
cool. That'll be different. And then you split the four-year-olds off. How did that thought process come about? Well, we just we just always thought, or after Rock Springs, after we talked after the week, we just decided, you know, it wasn't really, there were some good four-year-olds at that event, and we just didn't feel like they got judged as good as they could have because they were getting compared to a six-year-old the run before them. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we just... Right. And the big thing, too, sorry to interrupt you, but with the, being able to get those setups user-friendly for a four-year-old. Mm-hmm. Like, our private six-year-old setup, it is like, we, we try to put a barrier out there and make them, make them go run to them. Because, I mean, when I started this, my goal was to get night, you know, see those higher-end higher horses that, that these podium guys are looking for, to put them on a setup where if you've got a horse that you can see tail to the and you can and you get through the roping without us having to really work and getting the roping done. You've got a hell of a horse, and I think it's a good place to, to showcase, you know, horses that really can run in the head and those heel horses that can really run and grab their butts. And and, and the four-year-old field just we made it easier setup, slower steers, where where when they leave the security, we don't we're not worried about them blowing them up. We didn't put them on big old hard running steers. We put a user-friendly barrier, and the steers were user-friendly. And that, that's kind of why I wanted to put the 4 by so. Yeah, and, and were, you were satisfied with how that went at the first go in uh, in Buckeye? No. Yeah. yeah. I, thought it was, I thought it was perfect. I thought, I thought yeah, great setup. Uh, the stewards were good. Uh, and we had some nice 4 year You know, it was early in the 4 year old period. You know, February, that's early. So it's going to be exciting to see that same class of 4 year olds at Rock Springs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, now I'm going to take a break from this episode. These guys are doing a great job telling us all about it, but I'm going to tell you a little bit more details about the Waco event that's in May. That is May 9th to the 15th, starting off on Monday, May 9th, with an open team roping fraternity. Then Tuesday, May 10th, we'll have the Royal Crown team roping fraternity, followed by the team roping maturity and derby. And then May 11th, that's when the calf ropers are going to be able to be there. They're going to have the calf roping fraternity, the calf roping derby, the breakaway fraternity, and the breakaway derby, and then an open calf roping and an open breakaway. Then the barrels start on Thursday the 12th, and they go through the whole way through the 15th. Obviously, this is going to be a huge event. It's in Waco. They're going to have some limited stuff that's new that they already told you about in this episode. And... All kinds of fun stuff, so check out the royalcrownrace.com. That's where you can find the stallion list to find out if your horse is eligible. Remember, there are no enrollment fees for colts, so ropers, you get to show up and rope on your horses without having to pay these enrollment fees every single year like some of the other programs. Um, let's talk more about that limited deal. There were, I, I, from what I heard from the guys that were, that were in the limited this last weekend, they were very pleased. Um, well, this last week, I guess we were, we were a week and a half out from, from when it happened, but it seemed like guys like Brad Lund won a bunch. Really cool. Can you talk more about how it went in Buckeye with the Limited? Yeah, the, um, the Limited, yeah, it went really, it went over really good, I thought. You know, we added, we tried to add good money to it, and we honestly didn't have, I think our biggest Limited class was in the five and six-year-old heading. I think we had eight Limited guys entered. That was the most we had entered any class. And it still paid four thousand or thirty five hundred to 
four-year-old incentive or the four-year-old class. We only had like three or four guys, and those guys, I think that paid 4500 to win that one. So the, the limited guys, they had a chance at just about as much money as the open guys. Yeah. And I think that was really intriguing to them. Yeah, I think so too. And, and where do you guys see the Royal Crown fitting in now that the Riata Buckle's there? You do a lot with Jay and Lindsay Wadhams at the American Rail Horse Futurity Association. How do you see all of these futurity associations complementing each other? Like, do you think there's a lot of competition in the incentive market right now? Or do you think you're all doing a good job relatively working together? I think it. I think they all help each other. You know, I mean, my goal is to see the the industry get bigger and and have more horses out there that we can market to the you know to these World Series guys. So I, I no, we. I think we we're we're a different concept than Rihanna Buckle, but I think it's a cool concept that they're putting a lot of money up. You know, which is a good thing. And and I, I like the judge end of it. Um, you know, so that the actual best horse wins the competition. But, I mean, with a time deal, that's going to you're gonna see a lot of guys going fast and in the open divisions. And it's going to be interesting to see your lower number guys riding these dirty horses and trying to compete at a four, you know, four head open on, on time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And now that with some of the other incentive programs, like just for like Pink Buckle and Ruby Buckle, for example, they've gotten to where those slots are worth a lot of money. What are you guys going to do about, like, the trading of slots, the buying and selling of slots in the Royal Crown now that you're full? Um, how's that going to work with y'all? Are you going to allow it, I guess, or is that something that you're going to see happening? Yeah, that was kind of one of our goals from the beginning is we wanted to um, – cap it at 100 stallions just to put a value on the sponsor. A lot of people ask, are you going to ever let more studs and more studs in? And no, I don't. We will never let to be bigger than 100 stallions just for that reason. We want our spots to be a value. So if you're invested in the program, it's worth something. Mm-hmm. Last year, the barrel racing was full, and there was a couple of them that did trade or sell to privately between people. Mm-hmm. And they sold for a significant amount of money already, so I'm excited to see where the barrel racing can go and how high that can go. And I don't know if the team rope will ever get as high as the barrel racing, but I think it has the potential to be worth something. Mm-hmm. And how does it go for y'all in the office? That's such a long week at Buckeye, that, and then I'm sure Rock Springs is also just as long. You put Does the... Does the vibe change throughout the week in the office with the Royal Crown team roping first, then you added the breakaway and the calf roping, and then the barrel racing? Is Lindsay surviving throughout the week in the office? And um, how do you guys change brains over between the team roping and the calf roping and then into the barrel racing? What what has to change and happen? I think I've got a lot of jack of all trades. Right? Last week in Buckeye, it was absolutely 
production side you know like there were just as far as the timing and how things ran what do you think is going to be different for Waco um, first the first thing we're going to do is um, well the team roping has been like a new I guess new adventure for all of us getting a program built to add up all the scores because mm-hmm. um, we got to average our scores too that's something else we do a little bit for me and take our three judge scores out together and divide by three to come up with your final score mm-hmm limited guy, a, a guy who would be in the limited class, maybe a World Series roper, has a nice young horse, and they want to get ready for Waco or for Rock Springs, what are some things that they should absolutely focus on? Like, what are some, as far as categories that they're going to be judged on, what do they need to know before their first trip to the Royal Crown? Um, well, I guess how a judging works for, um, I'd say you got a head horse. We judge them in the box and how they score. We don't judge them until they enter the box so i know some people wait way away from the box and it's their turn then they walk over there um we really stress on our judges not to not to worry about them walking to the box so once they get in the box you know we're trying to judge a horse that you want when you watch it you want to say i want to go ride that one at the rodeo or the jackpot mm-hmm. so we're trying to get away from the show concept a little bit and we want one that actually scores can run up the side of it have it has a good rodeo move shapes up and faces i mean we just want them to be we just we're just looking for a nice horse we don't really care if they drag their ass and do all the really fancy stuff gotcha on the heel side is it um is it the same then yeah we judge them on the on the box how they score um i think it's that it's called the run the rate down the arena um, we want a heel horse. 
we want to see Hillworth that can run up beside him and stick with the run the whole time instead of put up the healing barrier. We don't want to see him get beat down the arena, I guess. Mm-hmm. That way. And then um, in the third discipline is how they track, track the steer, then they stop and finish. And we want a horse to stop and finish, and when you dally, hold the you know, hold them, not get pulled around, stuff like that. Gotcha. And Levi, can you have three points for difficulty? So, but the judges feel like the steer would be difficult to hear, maybe bad laughs, or they can't ride real hard, they can plus three, or, you know, they can, they can advance another three points for difficulty. So, not both the heading or anything. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, tell me, where did the cattle come from? In how have you been sourcing the cattle for these and then making sure that they are suitable for what you want? Um, the, the steers in Buckeye, I guess for the, the Royal Crown Futurity, we always, one of our big goals is always to roll back Mexicans and the Royal Crown part of it. And steers are hard to find down here in Arizona right now, or somebody that was willing to bring them back. But we had Cole Cooper who works for Wade Tibbetts. They told me they had the one strong set of Mexicans, so that's where those come from. And I was glad we had those for there. And then, um, Dylan Mundorf, he's going to supply the rest of them at Rock Springs and then Waco. Oh, good. Good to know. Um, Absolutely. Now, tell me, just for anybody that might be confused, you all have that different element of the junior-senior uh, stallion program. Can you explain that in, in layman's terms so if folks are curious how that works? Having a junior stallion, it's so hard to promote a junior stallion. And so what we did is we added the junior stallion department where if you see your guy beneath the senior stallion and tell that junior stallion has cold so it opens up the feet. And what we do is so when that junior stallion and the senior stallion that they're under that are bought in us that year, every mare that they breed every cold that's in the bellies of those mares are eligible for life in the Royal Crown. So giving the customers the pet owners you know, confidence that when they when that colt becomes of age, they're going to become those the real crowd events. And now, if that stallion for some reason dies, or they buy him, or, or someone sells him, or whatnot, he's out of our program. Those colts get to come run at our events still. But the sire money that is won by that sire will roll back into the pot for the next the other place it's sired. So we just roll the money back into the pot if the sire is not bought in that year. Oh, cool. Very good. Well, is there anything else you guys think the the Ropers misunderstand or don't understand that you want to really clarify about the Royal Crown? No? Ropers get it all? They're perfect. <laughs> Never heard that before. I don't know if everybody understands everything, but I think, I think everybody's starting to understand the most of it. Yeah, I think so, too. And, and they're... People have been asking me more questions than ever before. The difference you know, what I want to do is see those these limited guys understand the, the the sport, you know, understand the maturity deal that they can come and compete. You know, and I, I see those guys going to these trainers and, and seeing what they have for young horses that they've got, you know, that they've already maturityed on and giving a, a place for these these owners that have horses and trainers that they've been training for three years giving them a, you know, a, a place to market them to these limited guys and they go on and show them or they go on and jackpot them, whatever it may be. But the biggest thing is giving the limited guys and the open guys a chance to run out a lot of money on the same horse and keeping those horses progressing to the next level. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for your time. And um, we will be following everything y'all do all year. So it'll be a fun one. And uh, we'll give people, uh, you know, the commercials on this episode will absolutely show people more about the Royal Crown and how to get involved. So we are looking forward to seeing y'all in Waco. Sounds good, thank you. Thanks, guys. Bye. All right, everybody. If you listen to this whole episode, you've got to go check out royalcrownrace.com. Check and see if your stallion is in the program. If the stallion you're riding the Colt Fire in the program, you really want to get involved. If you are in the road course business, the Royal Crown is one of the places that you need to be.